0: Welcome to Feathers in My Hair, a teen mom deep dive podcast. I'm your host, Liz Bentley. Hey, everyone! Before we get started, I want to give a trigger warning. This episode is about Farah and all things having to do with Farah, which involves sex work, sexual assault, child grooming, pedophilia. Um, it's it's a tough talk at times. So if If hearing about any of that upsets you, I would say skip this episode. Hello, hello everyone. Merry Christmas. I'm recording this literally on Christmas. I hope everybody's having a nice day. I gave my mom and my stepdad their presents. I got some presents, ate some breakfast that my mom cooked, and now I'm going to record this podcast. Then... Relax and go see licorice pizza tonight. So that's my fun Christmas day. I was thinking I'll go for a walk, but it's rainy and shitty out. So I guess I won't be doing that. How are we? I hope everyone had a nice Christmas. I will be taking New Year's weekend off. So next weekend, I'm not putting out an episode just so you guys know. Just a heads up this will be my last episode for 2021. It's crazy. And then Like, my first episode back, I think, will be my five-year anniversary, this podcast. Is that possible? That feels really wild. (laughs) I started this in the first week of January 2017, I believe. Crazy. And here we are, all together still. (laughs) Anyway, I hope you all had a nice Christmas. I decided this week that... I would do a very Farrah Christmas. I feel like we have not talked about Farrah in forever on Feathers in My Hair. There's been like a decent amount of fair stuff going on, but I don't really cover it because much like Janelle, I find covering her to be tough, um... <laughs> following her is tough for me. So I usually just don't deal with her. I decided to watch Being Farah, which I'm 99% sure I have not covered on this podcast. Could I Google it? Sure. Sure. But I didn't. The reason I'm pretty sure I have not covered it is because I went on amazon.com and looked for it and I had not yet purchased it, which usually means I have not covered it. I have purchased Being Macy and Being Amber. Now I have a clear memory of uh, doing Being Amber, which Princess and I did. You could listen to that somewhere, somehow. Um, if you scroll back far enough, God only knows when that was recorded. But I do remember thinking that was a very good episode. Being Macy, I vaguely remember covering, like very vaguely. Um, I also had not bought Being Caitlin, so maybe one day that will be covered. But I was like, yeah, let me let me cover this. I want to see where Farrah was at this point in time. And it was fun. I'm glad that I did. Um, I want to talk a little bit about Farrah then. Farrah on Teen Mom, when it was just called Teen Mom, being Farrah time. Farrah on Teen Mom OG and where Farrah is now. Um, As we all know, she's going to pop up for a day on that fucking family reunion, which I guys, I don't know if I can watch that. I mean, I guess I'm going to be, to cover it for the show, I I feel really, really not enthusiastic about covering that. I don't want to see them doing competitions. (laughs) I truly do not care for them doing competitions, but I think Teen Mom 2 is not coming out until after. I mean, I haven't seen any previews for Teen Mom 2 yet. The family vacation thing starts on January 11th, I believe, so... We'll see what's happening. I'm definitely curious about a Team Mom 2 trailer because I'm like really genuinely curious if Kale's just not on this show. That will be big news if Kale actually did not film this season. I just don't believe her necessarily that she didn't film this season. I did see Chris had posted something that he won't be on the show, which definitely leads me to believe that Kale is not filming or she came back and filmed only under the condition that Chris could not. Now, is that petty? Yes. Is it kind of funny if that's true? Sure. I personally don't really care if she's blocking Chris from filming. I've seen some people be like, well, why would she block him from getting a paycheck? And it's like, he could just get a job. (laughs) He could just get a job like every other human on earth, you know? (laughs) Oh, So we'll see. We'll see what happens with Team Mom 2 or when we get a preview for it. And I guess we'll see how I feel about Teen Mom family reunion or whatever the fuck they're calling it, family vacation. I don't know, guys. I just I like I just don't know about them. Like how many episodes is this gonna be? I just I don't know why the young and pregnant girls didn't actually film. I'm a little upset about that. I wanted to see them there. So yeah, we'll see. We'll see what happens. Anyway, let's talk about Farah. So as I said, I decided to watch Being Farah*. If you'll remember when Teen Mom was off the air for that three-ish year period, they did these specials, which were called Bean Specials, which then obviously we went on to have more Bean Specials throughout the years. Um, supposedly, the first one being Macy was filmed as a spin-off series, which to me makes total sense. Macy was definitely the darling of the Teen Mom franchise. She definitely had the biggest fan base at the time. She was like really hustling. Um, I saw some speculation on how Macy afforded to live in See, the early seasons of Teen Mom when she didn't really seem to have a full-time job and they weren't really getting paid a lot for being on the show and I think in season 1 Ryan's parents were probably paying. Remember they lived in that townhouse? I'm assuming that Ryan's paying parents were paying for like a decent portion of that. Macy's parents don't have a ton of money around that time in early Teen Mom years, her dad was arrested for cashing fake checks like I don't think Macy's parents were necessarily really supporting her, but I'm sure Ryan's parents were, which, I mean, basically paying child support, right? They were paying Ryan's child support would be my guess. But after season one aired, like, Macy was a hustler. Macy was doing a ton of speaking tours, if you remember. She did, like, that candy foundation. She was getting paid by colleges to come and speak, which is, like, a real LOL to me. But Macy is always a hustler, which is why I always felt – that she had such an issue with Farah wasn't necessarily that Farrah did porn, which I think was part of it. I think Macy's like very prude in a lot of ways with that. I'm not I'm not defending Macy for how she treated Farrah. But I do think what she was really most mad about is that Farrah's porn was called backdoor teen mom. <laughs> And at the time, Macy was still really marketing herself and making money on her brand of being on the show Teen Mom. And I think that she was really upset that Farah like was like marketing the sex work stuff under the title of Teen Mom. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if that ruined opportunities for Macy. You know, like suddenly. Uh, When people hear Teen Mom or think of the franchise, they're thinking of Farrah doing sex work. I really wouldn't be surprised if Macy was losing out on opportunities and hearing it's because the brand had been really damaged. Now, of course, you could say, like, well, what about Amber? Like, Amber was being abusive on screen. She was literally in prison for this time. Um, But I don't think that that had the same massive effect that Farrah doing sex work had. Um, I think for a few reasons. One, I think just like sex work is one of the most stigmatized things in American culture, right? Like it's just so, so, so stigmatized. And of course, drug use is as well. But something about Amber's drug use and domestic violence issues, like I think it felt felt very, very like, um, how do I want to say this? Like very contained to her. I don't think it was like a, totally massive blow to the brand. Although Amber going to jail like is why this show went off the air. So I like I'm not quite sure how to articulate this because I'm not saying that like that didn't matter. But I do think that Farrah's sex work was like I don't I think people could be like easily separate Macy from Amber. But when it came to Farrah and just like the amount of press that she got it was so undeniable, and it was so like every headline was like backdoor teen mom, teen mom, fair Abraham. Like, it was just everything to do with teen mom that it was like really unfortunately treated way worse than Amber being literally in person, which is silly. Um, <laughs> it's very silly, but I, I do think that that's the truth, and I think that is what really caused Macy's, like, hard resentment against Farrah. Um, the fact that, like, she was maybe losing out on opportunities or was having to do a lot more explaining of herself um, because of Farrah's decision to, well, Vivid Entertainment's decision, whoever's decision to market the porn, which it is a porn. We're, we will not be calling it a sex tape. We will not feed into Farrah's propaganda that this was a sex tape. <laughs> This was a pornography. This was a professionally filmed pornography starring a professional porn star. Um, and we will we will not be calling it a sex tape. We will not be um feeding into Farrah's lies that her and James Dean dated, which they absolutely did not. Um, if you look, I, Farrah has like concocted an entire fake story about them, like taking trips together and being in a relationship, and we know that is factually not true like that those things did not happen um so everything I mean everything about this is just Farah being a truly compulsive liar um but yeah so I think that's like what really set Macy off was the lost opportunities or just like the the stigmatization that Farrah brought to the brand of teen mom um so there's that I don't remember how I got on this subject uh but anyway <laughs> So looking at this, oh, oh, so they had filmed Bean Macy uh, supposedly as a spinoff. I'm assuming they just decided it didn't work for whatever reason. So then they were doing these Bean specials. All four girls got them. Bean Amber is, in my opinion, the best one. It's kind of riveting to watch. MTV literally filmed her as she was leaving prison. Um, it's extremely exploitative. Amber really could not say no. She really did not have a choice in saying no. Of course, she had a choice, but she had absolutely no money. MTV, I'm assuming, paid her a pretty penny to literally film her being released from prison. It's incredibly uh, personal. It's upsetting, you know, watching her reunite with Leah, and just like it's clear that Amber is not in a good headspace coming out of prison. It's just really, it's tough to watch. It's a really interesting piece of television. It's pretty unique in that sense, at least especially for the time. I know now we have like love after lockup and shit, but at the time, I'm not sure we had so much media that looked like that. Um, But it's like pretty, it sucks because I I think while you're watching, it's pretty clear that Amber does not want to be filming and does not want to be doing this, but she really didn't have any other option. Um, The fourth wall is fully broken and being and all of these being specials, I'm pretty sure. I haven't watched Macy's in a while, so I can't totally remember, but at least in being Amber and being Farrah, like the fourth wall is totally broken. It's really broken in being Farrah, with one of the main characters in this episode being Heather, her producer. If you'll remember, uh, there was a lot of speculation at the time. I mean, I think Simon straight up said it, which is how we assume this. But like Simon lies a lot too. I remember the time everyone being like Simon never lies, and I'm like, yeah, he does. <laughs> like, what do you? Yeah, he does. What are you talking about? So Simon said that Heather was fired for being too close to fair. That Amber basically demanded it. I personally don't believe that Amber had that type of weight that she could pull. You know, like I I don't believe that. I would imagine that. Heather was fired for whatever reason. She then went to TLC and made Unexpected. I wonder if she was already maybe pitching Unexpected and they saw that as a conflict of interest, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Um, I've never watched Unexpected. Here's the thing. I actually don't care about shows about teen mothers. Like, I watched 16 and Pregnant and then Teen Mom. Um, So I watched these shows and I think then people expect me that I want to watch all of the shows about teen pregnancy, but I don't, <laughs> like... I don't. I don't actually have an interest in this subject very much. I just like happen to be very into this franchise. Unfortunately, you know that's just how like my life played out. That I got very into this franchise for whatever fucking reason. Um, really because of Janelle. So Bean Farrah picks up in a post porn world. She had already done couples therapy, which if you are a member of uh, Princess's Patreon, who by the way, Princess is covering Teen Mom 2 on Patreon this season. She asked me, she was like, would you be okay with it? And I was like, yeah, (laughs) that's fine. She's covering Teen Mom 2 season one. Like, It's funny because I was like, I'm so fine with you doing that, but I am really glad you asked because if you didn't ask, I think I would be mad about it. Like, I think I would be upset that you we're doing this and you didn't even ask me if I was okay with it, but I'm so fine with it. I'm actually recording an episode with her tomorrow. I'm assuming that will be out for Thursday's episode. I'm not totally sure. Oh, I have to double check, but I think we're watching episode three or four of Teen Mom season two episode, or Teen Mom two season one, Um, which is just like, you know, peak Teen Mom two. It's so good. Oh, by the way, Teen Mom 2 seasons 3 and 4 got added to Netflix. If you remember, 1 and 2 got added a while ago. Lots and lots of Reddit posts uh, with people watching this for the first time, (laughs) which is tough. But I mean, I guess it's good for the show to get new watchers. Um, So Teen Mom 2 will be having a little moment again like it did last time seasons got added to Netflix. I'm not sure why they don't just add all of the seasons to Netflix, but they're I don't know. I don't really understand the release schedule. I don't understand, like, how they choose to uh, stream Teen Mom. People are always asking me why it's not all available in Paramount Plus. And I'm like, I don't fucking know. I'm not a Viacom executive. (laughs) I have no clue what their decisions are when it comes to streaming the Teen Mom franchise. But this Bean special picks up Amber. Farrah has just moved to Austin. She just bought that house that she was in for... uh, She's probably there for, what, like four-ish years? Um, she has gotten some plastic surgery. She actually looks so good. <laughs> she looks really good in this uh, special. She has gotten her nose done. She's gotten her lips done. She's gotten some other work done, but she still looks normal. She looks this is mean to say, but this is the point of plastic surgery, right? Like she still looks like herself. She just looks like a prettier version of herself than she did in the original Teen Mom series, um, which like, look, is that rude? Yeah. But like, that's literally the point of plastic surgery is that you're a prettier version of yourself. That's why people get plastic surgery. And she has not gone too far yet at this point, And she's looking good. Um, she's wearing crazy eyelashes through this whole thing that you can like literally see glue with. <laughs> but she is really trying to make it work. I I still find her move to Austin to be an interesting choice. Um, I'm assuming she wanted to move somewhere with like kind of a vibrant nightlife. Um, I know Austin has like a popular downtown. I think she just wanted to be somewhere that was a city-like but probably couldn't yet afford a full LA lifestyle would be my guess. Um, I mean, I think as of now, Austin is like almost as expensive as LA. Probably not almost as expensive, but I know Austin has gotten quite expensive, but this is like 2013-ish. Sophia is four about to turn five. Sophia's fully wearing a pacifier at all times. <laughs> It's tough to watch, like really tough to watch. I will say, though, her speech is actually like way clearer than I remember it being when she was on OG, which kind of, I don't know, I was like surprised. She speaks really clearly in this episode. I think she had some regression, which isn't that surprising considering who her family is. So Farrah and being Farrah is definitely like post- sex work Farrah, right? Or in like, I mean, like Post has started sex work. Like she's definitely different than the Farrah that we saw in Teen Mom. She, I think, has really figured out a way in which she's going to be more famous, but she has not fully mentally accepted it yet. Um, In a way, I have to like... <laughs> I have to, in a way, respect her more now because at least she's being pretty honest with what she does for a living, which is sex work. She has an OnlyFans. She escorts. Um, you know, Like, she takes her paid trips. Uh, the biggest issue, I don't have any problem with her doing sex work. I really worry for Sophia because Sophia seems to come on all of her work trips with her. Um, when Farah is in Dubai and on a gentleman's yacht in Mexico. Um, those are work trips. And, you know, there's been speculation that Sophia just gets left alone in the hotel room for days at a time. It's kind of hard to know. Sophia is, what, 12 now? While the teen mom kids are 12, turning, I think they're turning 13. I think her birthday is, I feel sick. I think her birthday is in February. When I say I feel sick, I mean I feel sick for remembering that. Hold on, I'm going to look up her age. Yeah, that's really crazy that I remember that. Her birthday is February 23rd, 2009, so she will be turning 13, right? Can I do math? Yeah, she will be turning 13, so she's old enough now, theoretically, to be alone in the hotel rooms. I mean I worry I worry greatly about Sophia being taken on these trips. I Sophia and Farah have a really unhealthy, scary in my opinion, dynamic. I really I I don't know. I don't want to speculate too much about this because it's to the point that in my opinion it's kind of inappropriate to speculate because if what I would be speculating about is such serious trauma Um, But I think it's undeniable to say that there is an inappropriate relationship between the two of them as far as, like, boundaries go. And I think it's always been the case, right? Like, I don't think Vera's ever understood how to have boundaries with Sophia. And I think that, like, I mean, you can watch their lives. And it's just Sophia, for the most part does not live an age-appropriate life. She's never lived an age-appropriate life. I really worry for her because she doesn't go to in-person school. She's homeschooled for many years. Um, And my understanding is they travel around a lot. So it would be really easy for somebody like Sophia to really fly under the radar of like social safety nets that would sometimes, I mean, or what they should be doing is like, catching the things that are going on or, you know, a teacher would be able to say, like, hey, like, I'm really concerned about this behavior or yeah, a dance teacher or, you know, like, just uh, even, like, a, a friend's parent would be like, this seems really inappropriate. So, it's kind of hard to, it, it's it's just worrisome that it doesn't seem like Sophia has a lot of connection with adults that are not her mother. Um in the way that most 13-year-olds do, right? Because most 13-year-olds are in school, they're in sports, they have friends, they have friends like their friends have parents, like they're interacting with a lot of adults and we have these safety nets of mandated reporters that are there and they're supposed to be looking out and flagging behavior that is worrisome and Sophia not getting that is just troubling. Um I don't know if she's technically homeschooled in the state of California or Texas. I Really hope it's in California because they have much stricter homeschool regulations. If it's Texas, mm, good luck. Uh, Michael still lives in Texas. Starburst, by the way, I was uh, perusing their TikTok the other day, and Starburst made an appearance in November. <laughs> Starburst is alive; she's living with Michael still. I just, wor- I just really worry for Sophia. Um, she's super cute in this episode. She's really cute. Sometimes it's, not sometimes, a lot of the times it's hard to watch Farrah interact with Sophia. Um, but that's always been the case, right? Like Farrah has never been a good mom. I think Farrah gets a lot of credit for never having another kid. And yeah, compared to the other teen moms. And just statistically, when once you become a teen mom, you're like way more likely to have more kids, which I think is true for any most people don't just have one kid you know what I mean but um once by the way I read this like Teen Vogue article about this girl that was a teen mom and then she got pregnant again and had to go to court to get permission to have an abortion is not crazy she was a fucking mother and she had to go to court to get permission to have an abortion because she was under the age of 18 she didn't need that to have that kid (laughs) so oh it's so nonsensical um, but Farah, yeah, she has not brought another child into this world, but she's not a good parent. She's never been a good parent. She doesn't know how to set boundaries with uh, Sophia. She just doesn't, I don't think she has the capacity to parent, and she was clearly not parented well. Okay, I just realized I need to take a quick break, and then we'll talk about being Farah in the rest of the episode. Okay, so being Farah opens up with, You've probably seen me in the tabloids, blah, blah, blah. She lets us know that she's had plastic surgery, she did a sex tape, and now she's starting a line of novelty toys. (laughs) Her parents are divorced and her dad is living in her guest house. She's really hoping that long distance with her mom will make things better. Uh, Deb is... In my head, I thought this was the episode where Deb called and asked for $5,000 for a liquid facelift. But I guess that must be in like the somewhere in the first season of Teen Mom OG coming back, which I think next episode. So not this coming week, but the next week, I might do like a Teen Mom OG um, season one, like whatever. You know what I mean? The first season back, an episode from there. I remember Tomlin and I doing one. But I think I might do another one because it's been so long since I watched that, and I want to look at some freshly post prison Amber, um, because I remember everyone being like, "I had so much hope for Amber when she came out of prison," but like, I'm pretty sure Matt was moved in by like the fifth episode of that season. <laughs> so I I don't know. I think people just liked how her hair looked, honestly. <laughs> I really do think people like when Amber looks nice and her hair looks good, people are like, I think she's doing really well. It's kind of the Leah Messer syndrome who, by the way, of course, had a full Christmas with her kids and her new beau. Oh, God. It's just so, it's so inappropriate how a mess she gets these guys in her life. I'm really curious if she's going to get pregnant with this one because this one's young, This one, he's only in his mid-20s, I think. Like, I wonder if he's going to want kids with her. That would be fun. I would like to see Leah pregnant. Like, for my selfish sake, for the sake of this television show and my podcast, I would like for Leah to get pregnant again. (laughs) So... Yes, Deb is living, I think she's still in Seattle at this point. If you'll remember, Deb moved to Seattle at one point. I think this is like after she got catfished, which she talks about in her book, which I did not read, but Tomlin, speak of Tomlin two minutes in a row. Tomlin read and Deborah got catfished for like $100,000. Like her entire life savings, she had a romance scam, which is wild. It's just wild. I wonder, is Deb still with David? She's been posting some like truly bizarro content to Instagram and I don't see David in them, but I don't, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if he just like refuses to be in her Instagram. So they are living in Austin. They're in this house and there's this cute little scene where Farrah's like, I just got back from New York. I'm traveling so much for business. And she like goes to give Sophia a present, which is like a a sweatshirt and she's like Sophia can you guess what mommy got you and it's like no no she can't guess what mommy got (laughs) like she's never had an appropriate understanding of what Sophia can comprehend like ever my favorite moments of Farrah in the early seasons are always when she's talking to Sophia like she's an adult and I don't mean not using baby voice because we all know that Farrah uses baby voice but like fully expecting Sophia at one years old to like be able to have an adult conversation with her. She used to do it with the dogs too. Like remember she would just like randomly get dogs and then be like I said don't pee on the floor like and be mad that they didn't listen to her. <laughs> Farrah's not very good with people. Um, I will say at this point in this episode she still seems pretty with it. She's not there are moments where she is being fair, right? Like where she's really being fair and she's like being a mega bitch to everybody and really rude. But for the most part, she seems really able to like keep her mask on. I do think that's a lot of fair. Like I think she's masking a lot of the time and that term can be used to mean a couple different things. But I personally think Farrah has some issues um, and that when she like tries really hard, she's kind of able to hide them and act like what we consider a normal person to act like. And it's when the mask starts slipping that we see the real Farrah. Um, she in this episode, though, I would say is pretty together. Part of the reason I've stopped closely following Farah is because I'm it almost doesn't feel funny. A lot of the stuff that she posts um, Sometimes. It, it it's hard to judge because i think okay Farron in, in the written word has always been a little cuckoo right like remember when she came out with those books and she's like i've christian christian parenting novels a trilogy i believe her christian oh my gosh i'm so sorry for yawning a trilogy her christian parenting sex novels or whatever they were she's always been a little not great at writing. Um, by the way, I tried to find, I don't know if you guys remember, but at one point Penthouse Magazine, which I think was just the website at that point, but Penthouse like was doing this thing where they were putting Farrah's name on book reviews. Obvi- like, she was okay with it, I'm pretty sure. Like She was getting paid, but she obviously wasn't writing these. And the idea was that she was critiquing feminist books. And like, <laughs> I tried to find, because it was relevant, because Joan Didion just died. And she did famously one on Joan Didion, <laughs> where she like rips apart one of Joan Didion's novels. And it's been scrubbed from the internet in full, and it's really upsetting. But I really wanted to be able to read that But obviously, like, she didn't write that. Farrah's never been, like, completely legible in the written form. But it's really gone off the deep end. And I don't know if Farrah has some... I mean, I would guess she has some serious mental health issues. Um, I am curious if she has, like, literal cognitive issues. Like, if there's something going on cognitively in her brain. Um also it could be like cognitive dysfunction as a result of intense drug use would be a guess that I had. Um, or she could be having like, I don't know if she has something like a schizophrenia or something like that. You know, like I'm not saying I think she has it. I don't know if she has that. So When I listen to her like TikTok videos, she sounds mostly fine when I hear her speak, but her written word is so bizarre that like it it leads me to believe that there's some sort of like processing disorder going on there, learning disability thing. And so it doesn't feel so funny to laugh at it, but they're so outrageous. It's like, how do you not laugh at this? I don't know. That's why, like, I constantly see her, like, Yelp reviews and the shit that she posts. And she recently had an experience at Harvard, like, the business extension school thing, you know, like, that Tyra Banks went to. And she was removed from the classes for being, like, disruptive and just, like, not... I think one of the the professors sent her an email that Farah posted that was basically just, like you cannot write on a level that's appropriate for this course. Like I suggest that you take some different types of writing classes before you do this because you can't keep up. And Farah like went batshit crazy on this person. And now Farah's is claiming that she's studying to be a lawyer. Um, Sometimes she's studying for the bar exam, sometimes for the L stats. It, it, it's a little confusing. You can read her LinkedIn. It's it's truly nonsensical, the stuff that she writes. And I just am not totally sure what's going on. So I'm not totally sure if things are funny. Does that, does that make sense? Because it's like, if at a certain point, I mean, here's the thing, like Fair is a really bad person. She is somebody who co-ops other people's, um, like trauma and makes it her own. She is, Is a liar. She's racist as hell. She like she's awful. Farrah's awful. So I don't necessarily ever feel like I'll be punching down when I'm talking about Farrah. But like if she has real issues, whether they be learning disabilities or mental health or whatever, it kind of feels a little bit like punching down talking about her. So without knowing like the truth of Farrah, but like this is an example, my. Just sent this to the group chat the other day. Ferris LinkedIn. Hello, I'm a global. Bl- I am a global brand who is interested in how creator platforms and creator market funds are taking shape globally. I'm also fascinated with learning more about government and social justice advocacy. Therefore, I write within those areas. Social. Empre- I write within those areas. Serial entrepreneurial entrepreneur. I can't speak today. Entertainment news and beyond. Among the top Googled celebrity names, lead TV personality, TV gold, and true talent, that is indisputable. I continue to support and empower women in entertainment, arts, and culture as a member of chambers, boards, mentorship programs, funds, and philanthropic attributes. Life experience in a dynamic, honorable education foundation, graduating with honors prior dual associates degree in culinary arts and management, graduated honors entertainment business degree 2020 and current masters at harvard university in creative writing and literature expected 2023 um my entire entrepreneurship masters class ambition into reality is free be inspired for you goals dreams and increase an increase income and productivity be relentless uh there's something mark covering that word <laughs> best you i be relentless, brave, best you. Mm, like first of all, that doesn't make a lot of sense in general um, but then you get and so you're like, I don't know, can I make fun of this but then but then she just writes that she's a current master's at Harvard University in creative writing and it's like, okay, yeah, I can make fun of that. She's a fucking liar. <laughs> I can make fun of that because she's a goddamn liar. She's a compulsive liar. <laughs> She knows good and damn well that she's not that. Here's a Yelp review she left that I saw posted on Reddit the other day. Warning, doc. just the other day she posted this on 1222. Warning, Dr. Walden, the woman hater, know it all, is now being removed from an amazing network of OBGYNs. I was sent to her as my, as my other OBGYN is off for the holiday. I arrive and she wanted me to see her in her messy, unorganized office, not in normal, not in a normal patient room, oddly to me. Oddly, to tell me I didn't have birth control to remove. She said the wrong birth control and proceeds to waste my time as she wanted to pick up as she wanted to pick up her vagina replica so she could act like I didn't know what a vagina is. Maybe she even had the wrong patient up as I have a different birth control which is in my arm. Then as I corrected her, she needed to again act like a know-it-all. But the point of the matter is she had no one else in her office. She wanted to refuse service. She actually can't stand being reality checked that she shouldn't mistreat women. She should be quiet and listen to the customer and provide a simple, fast service. The worst experience I've ever witnessed in OBGYN, especially on a holiday. I hope this woman seeks mental help and Almond Network is aware that she should be removed. The dump of an office, the elevator not working, the scam parking attendant, and walking up three flights was literally the worst experience. My allergy to birth control should never be handled this way. I wouldn't trust this woman with my life. Be aware of this woman hating know-it-all discriminatory, denied, pathetic, practicing scam of an OBGYN. Hustle and hateful. Watch out. <laughs> it's like there's like nuggets in there that you're like, yeah, that sounds bad, but uh, I don't know. This is off topic of being being well, it's not really. This is like who current day fair is. If you go on her social media, she recently she recently did a live with Gabby Hannah. And if you guys don't know who Gabby Hanna is, you should subscribe to my Patreon, patreon.com slash Liz Explains, because I've done some episodes on Gabby. She's a YouTuber who is has become famous for being like really unhinged and weird and seeing Gabby and Hannah together, Gabby and Hannah, Gabby and Farah together was a real terrifying moment for me. Um, but on, like on TikTok, when Ferris speaks, she sounds mostly together. So that's why it—it it just, she confuses me so much. Okay. So back to the special. Oh, she's making Sophia guess what she got her. And she's like, well, what do you need on a cold day? I remember Farrah, Sophia is four in this scene. She goes, a coffee? <laughs> <laughs> Sophia's really really cute in this episode so Heather is there Sophia doesn't remember being meeting Heather really being on TV which I definitely found interesting but I guess makes sense because the teen mom kids were like two when the show went off air uh Heather says once she went on TV she found out who her real friends were and Heather was always there for her and like her one true friend and that made me pause <laughs> Here's the thing. Like the producer shouldn't be your one true friend because the producer is always going to look out for the best interests of the network and of the show. I mean, unless she did not that's why she got fired. Right. So like maybe it wasn't Amber demanding it, but maybe Heather was refusing to get scenes out of Farrah as a way to protect her. And they were like, well, you you can't do that because like that's not your job. The job of the producer is not to protect the talent. Right. Like, That's why somebody I remember when, um, especially with Kristen on Teen Mom 2, who was Janelle's producer, people fucking hated her. They were like that two faced bitch. And I really think the issue was it was too inside baseball or like too how the sausage was made and it made people uncomfortable because Kristen was just doing exactly what she was supposed to do. She was doing her job, which is she was supposed to make Janelle feel like she was on Janelle's side and Barbara feel like she was on Barbara's side and get them to talk shit about each other. So if Heather was refusing to play that game out of some sort of protection to Farrah, then yeah, you would have to get fired for that. But hearing Farrah say say that made me sad because like this person is in charge, like this person is responsible for like getting reactions out of you so that you'll create a good TV show for them. You know, it it was just tough. It was tough for me to hear her say that. So they're talking about the sex tape and she's saying you know, the sex tape as she keeps calling it. She exclusively recall, recalls. She exclusively refers to it as a sex tape in this episode, which like is so frustrating. You know, if I had to be in a room with Farah and listen to her at this time, call it a sex tape and refuse to acknowledge she was doing porn. I would scream. It's like, stop gaslighting me. Like Farah's a gaslighter. She really is. She really is obsessed with trying to convince people that what they're seeing is not true. <laughs> and it's like we watched your professionally filmed. First of all, we watched you go to vivid entertainment with your father. And we watched you walk out of vivid entertainment. Vivid Entertainment is the porn company that produced her film. Like, we know you did it with James Dean, who is a professional porn star. There were multiple cameras involved in this. You did scenes. You did one in the limo. You did one at the house. Probably, I think there might have been a bathtub. I don't remember. When it first came out, I watched it, but I don't remember, like, most. I just remember, like, being in the limo, then being at a house, um, like a a professional pornography was filmed. And so for her to sit there and be like, I just made a sex tape, it's it's truly infuriating. So she's like, you know, Heather, I'm just like a really passionate person. And like, if I'm going to do it, I'm going to do it. And Heather's like, well, I watched it. I mean, how could I not? You're like my little sister. (laughs) I feel like that was... (laughs) Being like, well, yeah, of course I watched it. You're like, my little sister is a weird way to explain that she watched it because saying that you watch your little sister's porn is weird. What would be more honest is like, yeah, of course I watched it. Like, we worked together for Teen Mom and there was a possibility we would work together again. And there's like, we all watched it. Every producer here watched it. Like, everybody who worked for Teen Mom watched that porn, I guarantee you. So, then they're talking about the club appearances, which if you'll remember, after the porn came out, Farah basically went on a tour to promote it, you know, to promote her leaked celebrity sex tape, as she calls it. She fully like went on a full tour and they took place in strip clubs. And I personally believe really bad things happened to her. She's alluded to it. She alludes to it in this episode. She said, you know, some scary things were happening during these club appearances I think that this was Fair's real intro into, like, what in-person sex work is like. Um, I think before this, she had only really done the porn, which probably felt very safe at the time and very controlled. You know, they're on a set. She's with a professional. Now, James Dean is a literal rapist. This is not me defending James Dean, but, like, I... I think that situation felt very in her control, right? Like she went to a meeting with Vivid. She decided what she was going to do. She decided how it was going to happen. And it all happened that way. And then I think in the strip clubs, it was really probably scary. And I think some stuff, I'm not sure what, but I would bet some stuff happened. I I can't remember. I think she has talked about some stuff that's happened. It's hard to know because fair's, like I said, a Compulsive liar. Farrah is truly a compulsive liar. So it's hard to know what's true, what's false, and keep track of what she said. But I would imagine that in these clubs, she's being exposed to like really disgusting men and predators that are, you know, I'm not saying like you're a predator if you go to a strip club, but like there is a certain dynamic of somebody who is like, going to a strip club to meet somebody that they're like a fan of their porn, I think that already takes like a certain type of person. And that certain type of person is more likely to be somebody that could be handsy or inappropriate or aggressive. Just do. Sorry. Um, I'm not saying like if you watch porn, you do that. Or if you go to a strip club, you do that. But I think that these type of events attract those type of men. And I would imagine for Farah who up until this point, had led in a lot of ways a pretty sheltered life, right? Like she grew up in not a small town, but like she grew up in Iowa in a very conservative Christian home. Then like, yeah, she was living in South Florida for a while. But I think that this was probably like her first time really in like this strip club circuit world. And uh, like in-person sex work is really can be very hard. And I think that she probably was really in scary situations. Like, I believe her when she says she was in scary situations. And I won't try and guess what those scary situations were, but I think that those had a really long lasting impact on her. Um, and if Farah had the capability of being honest, I would be very interested in hearing her tell her story. The unfortunate thing about Farah, and like, I hate to say this, but Farah is. We, I know she is a compulsive liar. I mean, with a fucking straight face, she types on her goddamn LinkedIn that she's getting a graduate degree from Harvard University. So, like, it's very hard to take anything she says, at, like for, like, as truth. It's very, very hard. But if there was some way that I could get her to tell the truth about this time, I'd be interested in hearing about it. So, Heather is like, well, are you worried about what people say to Sophia? And Fair's like, well, no, because anybody who would bring up my sex life to her is sick and twisted, which, sure, I, like, I agree with that. Like, that's true. But Heather's like, no, 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 like, not now, but, like, when she's older. And is like, it won't matter because we will already have had the birds and the bees talk. And, look, I think it's shitty when someone is a sex worker and they're like, well, what about your children? Um... I think it's really shaming to say that. But I also think that we live in a world that's extremely sex and a world that's extremely stigmatizing towards sex workers. So I also think it's like silly to pretend like that's not an issue. You know, like it sucks that it is an issue, but it is. Um, She decides to at this point also tell Heather about her sex toy line and that they're doing models like basically, if you'll remember, they do models of like parts of her body to sell sex toys but then also like vibrators and stuff like that and off screen a producer is like so like what made you you, could you help me understand how you made the leap from like uh doing a sex tape to sex toys and this is like mask off like mask falling farah where she is it's interesting because you see her talking with heather about it and she's so clearly comfortable with heather and she's talking to Heather and being polite to Heather or not polite, but like being nice to Heather and they have like a nice rapport going. And then the minute that Vera feels like she's being attacked by someone, even though she's not being attacked at all, it's a totally reasonable question. Um, Mask slips and she's like, what the fuck? There is no leap Kenda, I think is what the lady's name was. Kenda. Some people understand me and they get what's going on in my head. And some people just don't. And I don't want to talk to those people is such a bitch. It's like, it's outrageous to watch. It was such a reasonable question. She's filming a scene talking about this specifically. And the minute that Farah is unhappy with it, she just turns. It's awful. So they Skype with Deb and Deb says that she's going to come visit. And Sophia's speaking very clearly, which I was surprised about. Michael walks through because Michael is living in her guest house. I don't know if I talked about that, but she has a guest house at the Austin house and he's living there. He walks through and he's like, oh, hi, Deborah." And Farrah's like, this is not your Skype, OK? You need to be respectful. <laughs> and she talks to Michael after and she's like, mom is coming to visit and you need to be respectful of our space. And I thought I would have some independence from you. And it's like, why? He, li- he lives on your property. Of course, you have independence from him. Farrah's just so emotionally stunted that, like, what she should have been saying is, like, hey, you and Deb have you and Deb's shit. And it's really hard for me to deal with the two of you fighting. And I don't want to deal with the two of you fighting. So my mom's here. Could you please just, like, leave us alone and let us have a visit so that mom and I can have a visit, like, independent of the issues that you and mom have? Which is, like, totally a reasonable request. But she can't do that. She she can't express herself like that we get a scene of Farrah dropping off Sophia at preschool which is pretty cute Sophia looks so happy to be there which look I know there's a huge this is literally 10 years old at this point you know um but like she just looks so happy to be in school and with little friends and her teacher and it just made me sad to think that she like stops going to school at the age of seven or however old she was um, then she goes to see her esthetician because even though she's had plastic surgery, she's a perfectionist. She keeps talking about rhinoplasty. <laughs> I don't know why like she's calling it that and not just saying she got a nose job, but she says rhinoplasty like multiple times throughout this episode. Basically, she goes to the esthetician. She's asking, it's like a med spa esthetician. She's asking if she needs like a Botox nose job, which is when they like insert Botox into parts of your nose to make it Different. Um, Which speaking of Gabby Hanna, she did that, which was really interesting. Um, Fair is like no, or she's asking if she needs this or that, and the esthetician is actually telling her she doesn't need it, which I was glad to hear. Fair is only twenty two in this scene, so it, I don't know. It's tough to watch a twenty two year old like be like, I think I just really need Botox right here. I so. We see Sophia at a dance class, which is also very cute. Um, and the dance teacher actually lived in Iowa. And it doesn't sound like Farrah and the dance teacher were friends in high school. But they like knew of each other and they connected when Farrah moved to Austin. And apparently the dance teacher knew Daddy Derek, which here's a Daddy Derek appearance. We get one later in episode two. But they're like, your daddy had so many friends. I mean, I guess it's nice. It's nice for Sophia to know people who knew her dad. So they go to pick Deb up. Well, they as in just Deb and just Farrah goes to pick up Deb. And they're driving back from the airport in Farrah's Tesla. I noticed she had a Tesla. And this is like very early on in the Tesla days. And Deb goes, you know, I've just been really lonely without you guys. And Farrah goes... Well, I'm sure living somewhere by yourself really sucks. (laughs) Deb says she has some job interviews in Austin and Farrah basically is like, go fuck yourself. They're so mad to hear that, which I understand. And later she like directly says it to Deb and she's basically like, I moved here to get away from you. And I don't want you to come here. And honestly, like, I get it. I'm on Farrah's side. Like, her and her mom do not get along. They do not do well in close quarters. And Farrah's like, we, our relationship is just a lot better when you're visiting versus when, like, we live in the same place. That I was actually impressed with Farrah for being able to express. (laughs) There's a scene where Deb is, like, trying... Basically being like, you know, I went and I unpacked myself in the guest room and I was just crying because like, I just feel I'm so proud of you. It's such a weird feeling to be in my child's house, like I'm packing my stuff. And she says she brought a Barney ball for Sophia, which I guess was Farrah's toy. And so Deb is crying about it. And Farrah has no time for this. She's like, it's a happy moment that I'm growing up. You're being fucking crazy. (laughs) There is an interesting scene and obviously we had not seen the likes of this in the regular Team Mom episodes where they go to pick Sophia up at preschool and they have to wait to leave because they have to set up the GoPros in the car and like get the appropriate shots. And Sophia is just like, I want to leave now. This is stupid. I don't want to be here. I like to see scenes of the kids like not wanting to film. (laughs) So, Farrah and Sophia get home, and there are cute scenes of Deb and Sophia. You know, they're always happy to be together. I'm curious about what Sophia feels like about Deb now, that she's a teenager. I'm very curious about that. Um, they have a talk at dinner with Sophia, like a, I guess she's sleeping, about Farah's new venture into sex toys, and Deb says, you know, I'm not here to judge she said, very, very few households don't have some sort of sex toys or sexual toys that they use. Me, personally, I don't. Fair's like, mom. Fair then says she's not trying to be in the adult entertainment industry. And what? Huh? What? Like, what? Yes, you are. You did a porn. You did a porn on purpose. And now, then you went on a tour to promote your porn and strip clubs and now you're making sex toys like what does she mean when she says this she's operating it's so interesting hearing her and deb justified as well because she gets this skill from deb i've always said that deb's been able to like you know deb would do things like sit there and be like we don't drink while guzzling a bottle of wine like being like we don't believe in premarital sex or sex out of wedlock when knowing that michael was having like Thousands of affairs and sleeping with a bunch of different women. Like, I think that Fair has a very warped sense of reality because of her childhood and because of Deb and Michael. So, watching her and Deb do this thing where they're like not existing in reality is troubling and interesting to watch. So, it's the next day, and Fair gets a PR box from uh, some corporate, some company that's like based out of, I think she said, Columbia. It's this purse. And she's like, Sophia, don't you love it? And Sophia's like coloring and not interested in this. And Vera's like, Sophia, we have to post this to Twitter for people to see. And I was like, oh, this is interesting. It's like kind of early social media influencing SpawnCon because she's put, like, she's posting it to Twitter. But I'm pretty sure Instagram was like not popular yet. Like most people still didn't have Instagram. Remember when you had to have an iPhone to have Instagram? I specifically remember Kim Kardashian getting an iPhone, even though she liked her BlackBerry and she used her BlackBerry just so that she could have, she had an iPhone just for Instagram. <laughs> so it was probably back in those days when not everybody was on Instagram. And she's like, Sophia, will you take a picture? And Sophia's like, no, I, I don't want to take a picture. And uh, Farah loses her mind. She's like, thanks for excluding yourself, Sophia. And she's like, you need to go into timeout. And Sophia's like, you can tell Sophia's shook. Like, she doesn't understand how they got from A to B. This is just terrible parenting on Farrah's part. Like, Sophia didn't want to be in a picture. She didn't have to be in a picture. Like, you interrupted her. She didn't want to do it. And then, uh, Farrah immediately flips out and she's like dragging Sophia up the stairs and being like, why are you acting like this? You never act like this. Is this because of the cameras? And, Sophia doesn't answer. And she goes, is it because grandma's here? And Sophia's like, yeah. Oh, that's a bad question to ask. (laughs) It's a really bad question to ask. And she basically like shoves Sophia in the room and is like, "This is a timeout." And then Sophia's kicking the door, and Farrah goes in there mad, and Sophia's just having like a total meltdown. And I feel for Sophia. It's so unfair what happened. Like, she was truly just minding her own business, coloring, doing nothing wrong, and because she wasn't ready to, like perform for Farah, she just flipped out. And this is kind of always how Farah's parenting been, right? Like, she just when Sophia won't perform for her, she gets enraged and so she comes downstairs and she's like fair comes downstairs and she's like you know she told me that she's only acting this way because you're here (laughs) oh god oh so she then fair has to go do a skype interview and she's like interviewing i don't know with some magazine in the uk some website in the uk and the person's like well what's the weirdest rumor you've ever heard about yourself and she goes that I'm a porn star. I just think I think it's outlandish that anybody would ever say that I'm a porn star, Carly. What you are? You made a professional porn video. That's what a porn star is. <sighs> oh my gosh. Um. And then the person's like, "Do you want to write a monthly article for us?" And I'm like, "What?" And Farrah's like, "Yeah, but you'll probably have to help me with the grammar. You know, I'm a busy mom. I don't always have time to edit my grammar." <laughs> And she talks to Deb about it and she's like, you know, I'm not a porn star. Even when I was there on set, I didn't fit in. Well, I don't think she said set, but she's like, even when I was there, I didn't fit in. So acknowledging that she was making a porn, right? She just didn't fit in with it. She's like, I think it's weird that people watch my sex life and make it a big deal and put me all over the news because other people have sex tapes. My friends, they have sex tapes and no one bothers them. (laughs) Vera." You made a pornography with vivid entertain vivid entertainment with the plan to release it. You got paid a decent amount of money to do this. You went on a promotional tour to promote it, but you don't get that people talk about it or watch it. She's just li- she's totally living in la la land, and it's like you see her. You're like, does she believe this shit? That's the hardest part about fair. We're like, does she believe her own bullshit? it's hard to tell. So she, her, her mom is like, well, you know, if you're a public figure, people will judge you. And Farrah's like, I know that mom. Obviously I know that. <laughs> oh gosh. So then she decides, Farrah decides to pull out Sophia's like baby book and read it to Heather. And they're talking about Derek and the notes Derek wrote her. And I'm always just like, whatever, with Derek flashbacks, which like, look, I know is mean of me, but it's just how I feel. I just don't care that much about it. I know it's hard for Farrah and I'm not denying that it is, but I'm just like, okay, we get it. So she's going to go out and she's talking to Sophia. She's all dressed up and she's talking to Sophia and she's like, I'm going to go out. I never get to go out. And Sophia's so cute. She's like, I never get to go out either. (laughs) She's like, I'll be back in two hours. How does mommy look? And Sophia goes, evil. (laughs) And then she's stomping around and she goes, she looks evil. She put on lip gloss and eyeball stuff and she looks evil. (laughs) And Deborah goes, do I look evil? Which is like, why would you ask her that? And Sophia goes, only mommy looks evil. (laughs) Oh, gosh. Uh, Farrah goes out with some friends and her friends are like, you are incredible. You are amazing. And I'm like, those people have never met Farrah day in their life. <laughs> like, If there's one thing you can say about Farrah is that she's never had friends. She's never been good at keeping friends. She's never been able to keep a friend. She is incapable of having long-term friendships. So a fan buys them shots, sex on the beach, which I thought was a drink, not a shot. But I don't know. What do I know? I haven't drank in a long time. Uh, Sex on the Beach shots and like brings them over. And he's like, I'm just such a big fan of yours. I'm such a big fan. She's like, do you want to take a picture with me? <laughs> and then it's time for Deb to leave. We do get a scene of Michael being like, Sophia, you need to take your passy. I need to take your passy. I need to put your passy away. I can't hear anything you're saying. And this is when Farrah tells her mom that she does not want her to move to Austin. And Deb says, you know, I'm not moving to Austin to move in with you or move next door to you. I just like it here, which is like, okay. She's like, don't worry. I'm not going to visit. We get a scene of Farrah writing Sophia a letter and then reading it aloud and crying. It's very weird. That's how it ends. Like her being, I don't know. (laughs) Sophia's like, I don't understand any of this. But the episode actually ends with a black screen with text that says shortly after finishing this special, a second adult video of Farah was released, which I found to be such a funny way to end it. So hilarious. It's basically a big fuck you to Farah. This whole episode is about her obsessing over the fact that she's not a porn star and she didn't want this to happen. And so to end with that text is very funny. I believe... I vaguely remember that happening. I believe it was actually just footage from the first shoot because they had so much footage I could make two videos. But I still thought that was very funny. This was just so... Watching Farah here, it made me sad a little bit, but I think you could definitely see, like, the makings of who Farah is today in these episodes because she is not a good person and it's really starting to peak out here. It's definitely interesting that, like that Kale, or excuse me, Kale, that Farah is definitely at, like, this crossroads in her life where she's realizing, I think, that, like, she makes the most money being a porn star, but doesn't want to be a porn star and, like, doesn't want to go into sex work, but that's how she makes money. So, she probably feels like she has to. And it's sad in a way because I don't think she necessarily wanted that for her life. But I think she made a decision. You know, I think she made a a short-sighted decision when she thought the show would be off the air forever. And her dad supported her through it, which is a real question mark, but he did. And I think she made this decision that she was going to be like do this porn, I think that she did not have the foresight whatsoever to understand that this was going to be the rest of her life. Because unfortunately, like once you do porn, it's extremely hard to disassociate from that. I mean, there is like this famous porn star named Mia Khalifa. How do you say her last name? Khalifa, who did porn for three months when she was like 20 years old. And she has since like spent a long time talking about how it really, really negatively affected her life. She will absolutely never be able to separate herself from it. Um, I, I don't know exactly what she does now, but I see her on TikTok sometimes and I've seen videos of her kind of crying about it. There was one, there was this trend um, that was like on TikTok, this trend where people would be like, the sound of it was like, I was only 17 and it's like dark stuff that happened when you were 17. And one was this girl that uh, like a Middle Eastern girl who looked like Mia a little bit, who said that she was scared to wear glasses because every time she did, she would get called Mia Khalifa and like get made fun of by the boys in her school and be like totally sexualized. And Mia uh duetted it and was just like sobbing, being like, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. And I really don't know anything about her. I did see some I think she's like quite problematic and has a lot of issues. So this is not me like defending her, but I do think the way that she like reflects on this time in her life, really interesting. And just watching her like sob over these three months or however, like this extremely short period where she has since become one of like the most famous porn stars in the world. Um, Sorry. Could you say that again? Oh my God. Did you hear my Siri go off? <laughs> Right. But she has since become one of the most like famous porn stars in the world and she hates it and she doesn't want to be associated with it, but she can't disassociate from it. And I think that Farrah just like did not have the understanding, the maturity. I think she didn't have the guidance. I think she didn't have anybody in her life that was like, hey, just so you know, like if you make a professional porn with a porn star, James Dean, like That's what you're going to be considered forever. And you're going to have very few options. I I don't want to say you have few options outside of that because I don't think that's necessarily true. But like this will be in your life forever. Like this will absolutely never, ever, ever leave you. Um, You are too famous for this to not follow you forever. I think there probably is a world where people that are not famous do porn under an assumed name and can spend most of their life like, not being associated with it but a lot of times it probably comes up people find out in their lives etc but for the most part they're probably fine but like Farah was too famous at the time and did it under her name and it was a huge deal and the fact that like nobody was able I mean I don't know maybe she didn't ask anybody about it but nobody really there was nobody in her life that was like hey just so you know like once you make this decision like this is what people are going to associate with you forever probably like that's true for somebody like Vera, her level of fame where she's kind of just famous enough right like that is what's going to be associated with her forever and I'm not sure that she wanted consciously wanted to be a sex worker right like i'm not sure she had the foresight and was like i'm making an active decision to become a sex worker this is something that i want to do it's something that i'll want to do i want to be known for this i'm fine for being known for this and i think that's why she like leaned into this weird like leaked celebrity sex tape thing because i think she suddenly realized like whoops like i actually don't want this but suddenly she was making a ton of money i mean she had that huge house in austin She's driving a Tesla. She's getting paid to go on these strip club appearances. I think she really, I don't want to say she limited herself, but I think she like really stumbled into this career without quite meaning to. And I think now this is her career and I i don't know if it's what she actually wants to be doing or if it's she feels safe doing it or if she feels okay doing it. I mean, I think in reality we'll probably never hear an honest reflection from Fair about it because I don't think she's necessarily capable of honestly reflecting about anything. It just, it makes me sad because I don't, I don't think at 20 years old, which I believe she was 20 when she made that tape, um, she had the foresight to understand that this would pigeonhole her for a very, very long time and it's... It just that's the reality, you know, and she could have, I guess, like not done the sex toys and not done the promos and not done the paid sharp club appearances and then eventually not done the camming stuff that she did. And now like she's on OnlyFans like defecating for $150, like a very low amount of money, in my opinion, to shit on camera. Like (laughs) she's not charging nearly enough to do that. And it just... uh, it just makes me sad. It makes me sad because I, I don't think she chose to get here, um, out of her own volition and a true understanding of what her life would look like. I'm like I said, I'm like extremely worried for Sophia. I think she's in a really inappropriate life. Um, I don't know how you can be as tethered to your mother without boundaries as Sophia is to Farah, why your mom Escorts and you're taken on her vacations and her work trips and not be in a grooming situation. Um, Farah said some weird stuff about nudes that she has of Sophia and that Sophia has of her. We know that Sophia has filmed Farah like not like I'm not saying she's like filmed Farah's porns or her like Only Fan content, but like teasers and promos that are really sexually suggestive. She was having like 11 year old Sophia film her and it just it worries me it really worries me um I hope Sophia comes out safely on the other side I really do um Sophia is the tell-all that I think I want most out of all of the teen mom kids because I find her life I would find an honest tell-all from Sophia I think the most interesting because I think we know the littlest about her life like uh I just like behind the scenes of Farrah and Sophia, I would be very, very curious. I think somebody like Jace, I feel like we kind of know his life, you know? Like Janelle really lives it out loud. Like she puts it all out there. I think Leah's girls, we have like a decent understanding of. Even Amber's Leah, I think we have a decent understanding of. But Farrah is kind of the most secretive, I think, in a lot of ways. And. I mean, I know I'll never forget that video that Farah uploaded onto YouTube a few years ago where she's just like walking around, like angry ranting into the camera about Sophia blowing a Master Chef, Chef Jr. audition and just like being so fucking mad about it. And I was like, oh my God, she really wants Sophia to be a star. I mean, we know she wants Sophia to be a star. She's been trying to make Sophia a star forever. It's probably never going to happen. Uh, Sophia's been looking super cute and happy lately. And I, I mean, she seems happy on TikTok, but like, what does that mean? You know, what does, what does social media mean? That's really it. Uh, Farrah's ass looks crazy by the way, just like super, super, super crazy. Um, this is what Farrah had to say about Josh Duggar's, uh, trial, which is t- hashtag TLC, 12 kids and counting sounds. Awful now. Hashtag Josh Duggar. Children against their will and not knowing laws. What a wife. I feel bad for kids whose parents use them for hashtag child pornography. Jail time convictions, especially for Ghislaine Maxwell types. Hashtag triggered. Where is hashtag CPS? (laughs) Like that, that's what I mean by like, is this an, I don't know what's going on when she types this shit. She's been uh, like talking a lot about Ghislaine Maxwell, which is. Interesting, um, you know, uh, oh, here's the actual thing that she said about the nudes. Okay, when Sophia was nine, she said, I mean, we have naked pictures on our phone of each other because we're like a mom and daughter crew. So, it's just so upsetting. Um, and she's trying to go to law school. So, you know, that's it. <sighs> There's just a lot of upsetting stuff. Apparently Sophia is somehow involved in her OnlyFans. I can't. I can't fully. Um, she says somebody says that she's posting Sophia on OnlyFans, but I'm not sure I believe that. I would have to see some evidence. OK, here it is. Oh, OK. Um, Because on OnlyFans, you can like post regular content, too. And she posted a picture of Sophia. Just like a regular picture. But, you know, knowing that she also posts like XX rated stuff on there, um, I don't I don't feel like this is appropriate. Okay, this is upsetting me, so I'm going to end here. Merry Christmas. <laughs> and with that note, Merry Christmas. <laughs> I hope everybody has a nice New Year's and I'll talk to you in 2022. It's crazy. 2022. It's a real mouthful. 2022. All right. I'll talk to you then. I love you guys. Go to my Patreon, patreon.com slash Liz Explains. Oh, this week, I'm not taking the week off Patreon because people pay for it. So I don't take weeks off there. I will be doing um, like the latest Sister Wives episode recap. There's we're going to talk about the nanny. Oh, I'm excited. And Christine laying it out there and Cody just being a total asshole and missing Isabel's surgery and how upset Isabel was over it. So yeah, follow me. Subscribe to my Patreon, patreon.com slash Liz Explains. And you can hear me talk about Sister Wives. Okay. I will chat with you guys later. Bye. This podcast is brought to you by Solid Listen Network. Find me on Instagram at feathers underscore pod.